Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. I'm your host for today's show, Aaron Richards, joined here in the illustrious Damascus Media Studio by my friends and brothers in Christ, Mr. Brad Pirin. What's up, brother? Dan Demite. Woo-woo! Dan, I, I noticed that you tend to give high fives ambidextrously. Uh, Is that I, hard for you? I oh. am a left-handed human being, and since most people function with their right hand, I have to conform to the world mm. sometimes, <laughs> even though St. Paul says in Romans <laughs> chapter 12, do not conform, conform yourself okay, to, okay, to, okay, to, to the, the world. world. But You should just cross over. Like yeah, That would be uh, weird, but it'd be awesome. Regardless, yeah. I'm impressed. Yeah, I am right-footed. Left-handed, right-footed. I don't understand so, why. Dan's telling us he's bizarre. Could you ever imagine if, that? Uh, yeah. If this is your first time joining us on the Beyond Damascus <laughs> show, uh, this is the show where we try to answer you, our our viewers, our listeners' questions, and to uh, speak our two cents on how that the church has answers for the questions that we may have. And uh, at the conclusion of the show, we, we switch it up, and each of us will share one point on how we maintain the mission momentum of this topic throughout the course of our week. So it's so good to have you here with us. Thank you for joining us today. This is a show on a mission as well uh, as we've shared the last few weeks, but we have a generous donor who has agreed that for every new subscriber to this show, uh, this donor will make a contribution in support of our flagship program here at Damascus called Catholic Youth Summer Camp. So if you want to send a kid to camp uh, to subscribe to this show and share it with your with your friends. Jack, would, oh, you, would, yeah. you, would you lay it on us, brother? What's Come the question on, today? Jack. <clears throat> this okay. week's question. This week's question is, is prophecy necessary for the Christian life? Ooh. Mm, I like that. That's a fun one. Is prophecy necessary for the Christian mm-hmm. life? This is this is actually one of my uh, one yeah, of my favorite alley, topics. Aaron. Yeah, and uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and uh, oh, I'll throw in my two right cents away. right up early. Spicy oh, week. Oh, oh, another I, Hold on. Well, yeah, there's <laughs> a, a third try. Oh, okay, fourth try. No, uh, <laughs> I want to. I want to go to scripture. This is, you know, the. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to clean up Aaron's yeah, mess, okay. and I it's messed okay. it but up. But you're left-handed. More. That is a hard place. I, was, I did throw that with my right hand. Yeah. The Word of God offers us some good, uh, <laughs> some good response to this question. Is I'll, I'll remind us again: Is prophecy necessary to the Christian life? Mm-hmm. And uh, Saint Paul speaks really beautifully on the concept of of spiritual giftedness spiritual gifts of love and specifically of prophecy. You've often heard it said at a wedding maybe that uh, we we have a reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 13, right? If I, if I speak in the tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. This is the place. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not jealous or boastful. I'm, I'm re-educating our, our family right now on, on 1 Corinthians chapter 13. <laughs> but 1 Corinthians 12, 13, 14 form what I like to call a love sandwich. Oh okay? yeah, I'm ready you've for got, this. You've got this, this, this chapter 13 verse, or this chapter 13 in the middle, the, the way of love as it's designated in, in my little Bible. And on the front end, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 speaks extensively about the spiritual gifts and how we are one body with many members. And then chapter 14 speaks on the gift of prophecy and tongues specifically. First Corinthians chapter 14, verse one. If there's anything else in scripture that would answer this question, I think it's this, make love your aim and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. 
Okay, so <laughs> if if this is the book that determines if something's necessary for Christian life, I think St. Paul answers the question pretty conclusively. Especially <laughs> to prophesy. At, yeah, that's it. That's, not, that's my two cents. That's my two cents. That's your two cents. Yeah. Okay, so it is necessary because St. Paul says it's necessary. Yeah, and because this is the this is the normal means by which a Christian is 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 called to express love, right? Yeah. The spiritual gifts aren't just accidental or accessory things yeah. that, that we're supposed to live at Christians as Christians, but these are precisely the ammunition that God's given us mm-hmm. to actually live out the call of first Corinthians 13. Yeah. Aaron, I, I would, so if I'm ignorant of really understanding, how do you live out the spiritual gift of prophecy? What is a, a time where you activate in the gift of prophecy that enabled you to live out the mission of love most effectively? Ah, uh, great. What, let me answer generally first, mm-hmm. and then I'll answer specifically. So um, generally, why does prophecy equip us to love? Because when we exercise, when we when we pray for the gift of prophecy and manifest that in our lives, we speak the voice of God. And the voice of God is always a voice of love, right? Even if it's a voice of correction, it's always the voice of love. God is love. So when I speak the words of God, when I speak whether through scripture or whether a revealed word that's that's that the Lord's given to me in prayer, I I by nature of the word speak love, right? Um, just uh, yesterday morning, uh, I I was in my in my time of daily prayer, and as I'm praying and I'm talking with the Lord, He's speaking a word to me, and then He speaks uh, a word for somebody, um, a, a close friend of mine. So I I paused my conversation with the Lord and actually obedient to that will, I picked up my phone and, and texted that message to a friend of mine. Right. And, um, that message was received in love and that person felt built up by it. And it's such, such a, it was such an easy way for me to see like the love of God poured out into me that then flows into the life of another. Yeah. One, a critical element of that too, is that like we have to realize that God is speaking to us. Yeah, yeah. That like Jesus isn't someone who wants to stay hidden from us. He wants to speak words to us and words Goodness. that are for us, but also words that are for others, right? And like, um, I'm thinking of, of when Jesus is mentioning himself as the good shepherd, my sheep know my voice, yeah. right? They know my voice. And if we know his voice, of course we should speak his voice because if he's gonna love us with his voice, he wants to love others with his voice. And if they're not listening for him, let's listen for them and give them the words of love himself, right? That's good. Well, I think it's sometimes even you have a harder time hearing God for yourself than you do for another person. Like I, I like sometimes like, especially when the, the voice of the devil is so prominent or the voice of lies can be so prominent where hmm. our self-talk almost becomes negative. Mm. And yeah. so we need people to prophesy into our life to remind us who we are. I, I mean, even last night, like my, my wife was struggling with something and what she was saying was ob- objectively wrong, right? Like she was like, Oh, I messed up this with the kid, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, it's not true. Like you're, you're, you're saying that to yourself because we, and we've all done that. We're like, Oh man, I really messed that up. And it's nice when someone speaks truth over us yeah. and really prophecy is hearing the truth from the father and speaking that over someone because they forget sometimes through the, 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 the lies of the evil one what the voice of truth is for themselves. That's right. Yeah. And I wonder why that is. What do you guys think about that? Like, 
I, I completely agree, Dan, but it seems like there might be like a purpose in that, that we can hear God's voice sometimes for others more accurately or more clearly than we can for ourselves. I think some of it's community, right? Like that the Lord didn't design Brad for Brad. He designed Brad for himself. And one of the best ways for Brad not to get obsessed with Brad is by letting others speak into my life, right? Uh, le- letting others speak truths that I couldn't speak to myself, right? I, I don't know. No, I is is there other, I'm, I'm just kind of externally processing this, well, but it's self gift. Yeah. yeah. Man, man fully discovers himself through a sincere gift of self. So yeah. there is something about giving of myself to another through allowing the Lord to speak to me and hearing the word of the Lord for another, and then giving that word to another. There's something that I'm it's yeah, I'm, I'm acting as man was meant to, right? Okay. Like yeah. uh, a man, man, a woman were meant to give themselves to each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Who's yeah, next? I'm up. I got it. I want to, yeah, man, this is exciting. Okay. I think I ran into the microphone, but, um, okay. So I want to start with the, just the reality that like, I, so Nina and I have a little one coming soon, which is so, so fun. And, yeah. um, the, the Lord has written something in the natural that he's revealing to us in a supernatural way through prophecy. And the little one that Nina is currently carrying knows my voice and Nina's voice already. Hmm. The little one doesn't know our faces, doesn't know our presence much differently than just that we're close or far away. The little one knows our voice before it knows our face. And so too with God, that like God oftentimes will reveal his voice before he reveals his face. And, and I think it's even true with just <laughs> like our relationship with one another. It's funny because when people pass away, you'll oftentimes anymore have people that it saved their voicemails because we can't see their face anymore, but their voice there was something about their voice. There's something in us where our voice is a part of us and the Lord's voice is a part of him. And the Lord, again, wants to speak to us. He doesn't want to hide himself from us. And when we understand that, what we can begin to understand is that God designed all of us for his voice. And he also designed us for his face, but a lot of times his voice will allow us to be yielded enough to see his face differently. And so if the Lord's going to speak to us in prayer, which we believe he does, if he's going to speak to us through the sacraments, which we believe he does, if the Lord's going to speak to us through the magisterium, which we believe he does, if the Lord's going to speak to us through scripture, through the catechism of the Catholic church, if he's going to speak to us through the writing of the saints, if he's going to speak to us in all of those ways, then what we can be sure to know is that that he wants to speak to other people too. And the moment that we realize that, we begin to see the Christian life differently. God speaks to me and he wants me to speak to others, but he doesn't want me to speak as Brad would speak to others. He wants me to speak as he would speak to others. Because the goal of the Christian life, if we're going back to the question, is to bring all people to the Lord, myself, my family, those most immediate to me, and the whole world. And the Lord's voice is that which brings order. It brings order to all chaos. Look at the beginning, right? In the beginning, God spoke. Hmm. He spoke. And what's amazing about this though, is you have the, the tohu va bohu, right? Like the, the chaotic waters. Hmm. Like say that again. Tohu yeah, say that again. Va va bohu. Yes. So the chaotic waters. Spell it. And uh, I can't spell it. <laughs> I want to be able to just to like stick it to you, yeah. but I can't. Um, uh, if you know how to spell it, please so, add yeah, it to the comments to below. Brad that you're smarter than he is. No, um, no but at the beginning you have this this like this scene of chaotic waters and the Lord speaks and then order begins, but the order doesn't completely eliminate the chaos because he still has more to speak. 
right? Like it's not like it goes from pure chaos to pure order. All of a sudden you start seeing this procession of order coming into the chaos because he still has things to say. And even after the fall, right? He still has things to say. The things in the world aren't gonna be completely orderly after we start prophesying, but each word from the Lord is gonna bring it closer and closer to that perfect order, which is harmony with him. And so again, the reason that I think we can for sure believe that prophecy is critical to the Christian life is because prophecy is the primary means by which God reveals himself to us in his word and the primary way that we reveal him to the nations Mm. through his word. And the goal of the Christian life is union with him. I love that. I I love the idea of his word bringing order to the chaos. Like you just see that in ministry to another person, right? Like if you're doing prayer ministry and you're praying with a person and, and the Lord speaks a word to you and you share that with them, like it, you see order bringing, I mean, you see that word bringing order to the chaos of what they're going through in that moment, right? They start to cry or they experience peace and consolation. But even like we hear a lot, like, people will be like, Oh, I just opened my mouth. And all of a sudden I like, God was just, he just took over, you know? And it's like that, I mean, that could be the gift of prophecy where like the Lord's just speaking the words that you don't have in that situation. And he's just bringing what that person needs right then and there. That's right. Dan, what you got? What for my two cents? Oh, I guess. Boom. All right. So I think uh, the question was, is, is prophecy out necessary for <laughs> get so excited? I kicked the table. I know is prophe- prophecy necessary for the Christian life. I think um, that could go one of two ways. Cause it's, it, are we, what are we talking about when we talk about prophecy? Are we talking about the spiritual gift of prophecy, which it, 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 you guys have really angled your answers around the spiritual gift of prophecy. Uh, I can angle it a little differently. I think, I think the office of prophet or um, what we see in the old Testament prophecy is also necessary. So we see almost two kinds of prophecy. In the Old Testament, we see the office of prophet where there's one person, Isaiah, Jeremiah, you know, Ezekiel, that they are prophets to the nation. And um, and God speaks his word to the prophet so that the prophet can share the word to the people of God. And a lot of times the word was uh, a word of, of, of consolation, God speaking the promise of his covenant that mm-hmm. I will not leave you. You are my people. Those are consoling words. Uh, uh, but also sometimes it was a word of warning where the prophet would say, thus says the Lord, if you turn, if you don't turn from your wicked ways, you will end up destroyed. And, and you see prophets like Jeremiah who really struggle with that because they're prophesying that if you don't turn from your wicked ways, you will be destroyed the people don't listen and then they get destroyed and they get sent into the Babylonian exile, right? So misery sometimes comes when the prophet or the prophecy isn't uh, heard. And, and in the new Testament, you, you see this as well, where it's a spiritual gift where it's no longer limited to one person, but because of the gift of the Holy spirit, we're all made prophets. So in the old Testament, up oh, just a couple people were cool enough, but in the new Testament, blessed be God, we're all prophets. Mm-hmm. That's why when we're baptized, we're anointed with, oil, just like the old Testament prophets were anointed. We're anointed with oil. So we could be priest, prophet, and King. And we were anointed to be a prophet. So what does that mean? It means I have the ability as a Catholic to hear from God, as you guys are saying, and to speak that word. 
And not only is it to hear from God to speak a word of love and consolation, which is a spiritual gift, and we should do that, right? That in prayer ministry or in conversation that we hear from God and we speak for words of love and consolation, but also for truth and justice, just like the Old Testament prophets did. So I'm acting in prophecy when I'm speaking out against the sin of abortion, or I'm acting as a prophet when I speak against the fact that there are poor and homeless that are being ignored in my city. I'm acting as a prophet when I see someone being mocked and ridiculed at my college and I stand up for them and say, we don't do that as a people. And I, so is prophecy necessary for the Christian life? Absolutely. Not only because of the spiritual prophecy that you guys have shared about, but because I have a spiritual responsibility to be the voice of truth in the in the world today that is losing their mind. And so God, through the church teaching, has given me his mind, and God, through church teaching, has given me his voice, and I need to share the mind of Christ, the, the voice of Christ, the will of God in the world today. And I, as, as a prophet, I think, especially in the world today, we need to do this Um, in the same way Jeremiah did, like, if you don't turn from your wicked ways, it could lead to your destruction. Not you as an individual, not only you as an individual, but you as a nation. Like if America doesn't turn from her wicked ways, we're, we're in, we're in a pattern of self-destruction. And so prophecy is necessary to help speak the voice of the truth and the voice of the church to help guide humanity on the right track, uh, specifically, I think, in the realms of justice, right? And this is where we fail. We fail when the voice of truth is louder than the love we give. And so mm-hmm. if, if the church is saying, like, through prophecy, uh, abortion's wrong, abortion's wrong, abortion's wrong, but then we don't have, we don't have acts of charity to care for the woman who is struggling, who's unwedded and already has children and, and, mm-hmm. and doesn't have financial resources for another, like our acts of charity have to be just as no, our acts of charity have to be greater mm-hmm. than the voice of proclamation. And so like, we can't say like James says this, right? We can't say like you like go, what does James say? Dang it. It's like the, uh, be, be warm and well fed. Yeah. You can't say be warm and well fed if you're not willing to be the one who, um, it feeds them and clothes them. And so I think we need to make sure that our voice of truth that we preach in this nation is matched by an even greater act of love. It's the way that we love that gives authority to the voice of truth that we speak. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm seeing such a tie between what you were saying and Aaron, like literally because you were doing so well, Dan, I didn't uh, interrupt, but when you were saying like our acts of charity have to be greater than the proclamation of the truth or else the proclamation of truths are resounding gong. Yeah. It's just something people get tired of listening to. It just seems repetitive and like something I've heard before and you tune it out, right? Like I was laughing uh, yesterday. I had some of my department here at Damascus over and we were doing like a quarterly retreat and at my house, the, uh, the washing machine makes this like little tune whenever it's done. And I don't even hear it anymore. But everyone that was there is like, that's like the longest ringtone ever. (laughs) And I was like, it's so funny because I've tuned it out because it's constantly playing in the background. And that's what people do to truth whenever it's not accompanied with love. 
That's insane. And that's our problem in the world today. The yes. Catholic Church for the secular world is a resounding gong. gong. Our voice of truth doesn't matter anymore because our acts of love have, mm-hmm. they've, they've seen, we don't love enough. And so if we want the church's authority to be received, mm-hmm. we've got to start loving with more power. That's right. Cause they question the, they question the sincerity of the proclamation, right? Cause oftentimes even in the church, we'll hear, well, we have to make sure that uh, love can't be divorced from truth. It's like, yes, and truth can't be divorced from love. Like, let's just make sure to speak both sides, right? Like, no, you're not loving by simply appeasing everyone in their sin, right? Like, that's not what we're saying. What we're saying is you need to look someone in the eye, recognize them as a human person that's called to greatness, that's called to be one with the Lord. And then from that heart, then speak the truth and see well, it's efficacious when that happens. And of course it is, right? This, this sounds like a perfect transition to me. Does it? I mean, well, no, here's the deal. Cause we're, we're not, we're not called to just be a show or a Christian yeah. who's, whose life is about talk. Right. But, but we need to be, we need to be oriented toward mission. So That's right. I'm excited as, as we shift into mission momentum um, here at the tail end of the show, how it is that we can actually live this reality, right? How is it that we can actually demonstrate this? I'll love? go first, just based off of the two cents I gave. I think if if you're the kind of person that usually doesn't say anything when people are speaking things that are sinful. So if you're at work and the lunchroom and people are saying things that are off kilter and, or they're on a different side of an issue, this week, say something, speak truth. If they're talking about something sinful, say something, right? If you're the type of person that usually says something (laughs) this week, love, don't say anything and just love the person that you usually would say something to and learn to master both saying something and loving. My son Diggory uh, plays some online games every once in a while with his buddies. He's, He's in like a Minecraft group with his, with his friends from school. And the other day he came up to me really proud and uh, said, dad, one of my friends came up to me and affirmed me on the way that I always just speak so charitably mm-hmm. and don't get into the banter and the negativity that the rest nice. of the friend group does. And yeah, it's, it's um, being that, that constant voice of truth. You may feel like you're swimming upstream, but like your word is efficacious. It, it, it will transform hearts and it communicates the love of God. Yeah. And just so those listening, like hear what Dan's saying, cause it's powerful. Like you're not creating a dichotomy between loving and saying something you're saying, should I say something in love or not say something in love? Sure. Yeah. And that's, that's prudence. Like we need, we need to be willing to not just go in with the same tool we always use, because of course, if you were going to demolish a house versus build a house, you would have different tools in your hand. Like there's different assignments in our life that we need different tools for. So I completely agree. Mm-hmm. Like if someone's out there and they're like, I use this one tool every time because that's the tool God's given me. It's like diversify your tool belt a little bit. I right? used to just be the hammer. Just the bam, hammer. Just bam, like, yeah, bam. Yeah. Which in college, goes I'll tell you, drywall. Yeah. yeah, it did not work yeah, it, all the time. <laughs> because, and, and that's in the Lord, like appointed us to bear fruit that will remain. I'm just trying to go at this because I don't want to just go at the end of the day and check the box that says I did mission today. Mm-hmm. I want to check the box that says I brought the Lord today, which, which literally suggests fruit. I can go on my, uh, go for it. Um, mission momentum. I, I think that it would be good for anyone listening, us maybe included uh, in the next week, whenever you're leaving prayer, like connect with the Lord 
just about someone in your phone. And one of the ways I like doing this, I, you can figure out a different way if it would work better, but I, I will sometimes open the contacts in my phone and I'll just scroll through until a name just stands out to me, someone I haven't talked to in a while. And when that happens, if, if we all could commit to it, like every day this week, do that at the end of your prayer time. And as you're scrolling through whatever names highlighted, click on them and send them just a word a word of affirmation. Maybe it's really specific. Maybe it's just, Hey, thinking about you today, you came up in prayer. I hope all is well, but like it can be as vague as that or as specific as, Hey, the Lord showed me this image in my imagination for you. Like whatever it is, take that step because it's, it's going to be, um, in the feedback that we're able to go to the Lord and see where, where mission is critical, where this Pro- prophetic sense that we have, it, it brings real change. Yeah, I've done the the phone scroll game before, yeah. and I like landed on Donato's Pizza. Did, did you do? No, no, I was like, what did do you I call do with that? I didn't. I should have. Oh. I had to repent. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna call Donato's Pizza and just <laughs> uh, on my way home and yeah. just speak a word. Mm. To that remember. would be awesome. Let, right. us, let us know how it goes. Leave, I'll, I'll let you know. Leave, leave a comment. I'll leave it a comment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, for my mission momentum today, uh, when I heard the question, uh, is is the gift of prophecy um, critical for the life of a Christian. I, I I hear some of us who might believe this is important, but don't yet have the confidence to be able to do it. And I think in both of you guys uh, challenged that that's really lifted up. The voice of the Lord amongst all the other things that he does, he speaks identity. And I think that one of the best ways to speak identity is just to call out the goodness that you see in a person and that's something that oftentimes comes natural, naturally to us because it feels uh, affirming, and uh, we want to be we want to be affirming people, right? Um, complimentary people. But uh, I, I would encourage you this week that that when when something comes up to you, when you think about another person and think about something that you admire in them, to actually go out of your way to look them in the eye and to affirm that uh, this is a this is a really valuable part of your identity that I see this gift in you, I see this grace in you, and I want to affirm who you are as an impact in my life or as a son of God on mission in the church today. Mm-hmm. All right, that's uh, that's mission momentum for us. Friends, as we wrap up today's show, I want to thank you for joining us for Beyond Damascus. This is the show where encounter meets mission. And if this show was edifying for you or challenging for you, I'd invite you to engage with us, to share this show with somebody who... Uh, you think might need it or benefit from it. Also to comment if you've got questions or concerns, or if you would like to have your question answered or uh, developed here on the show, please leave a comment. And of course, subscribe so we can get some campers here at Catholic U Summer Camp. It's been a joy today. And as always, remember that mission Mission makes makes sense. sense. Yes, it does. God bless. We'll see you next week.